When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Nikita Kucherov, right corner, Sorelli in front point for Stamkos. Score! Finally! The Lightning look like the Lightning! Power play goes, Stamkos. It's 1-1. Great call by Dave Mishkin, and he's right, Steve Versnick. The Lightning over the weekend finally look like the Lightning. They wind up winning that game in Detroit, 2-1. to Steven Stamkos with the game tire, uh, tying game goal. Let me do this again. Steven Stamkos with a game-tying goal. Braden Point with a winner in overtime. Elliott in goal was terrific. And then they continued that on, on Sunday. They beat the Islanders 4-1. This this Bolts team was struggling, and that is uh, the best way you can say it uh, in, in so many ways. Of course, they spent way too much time in the penalty box again pretty much um, throughout you know sort of this, this, that three-game losing streak um, and even in the Detroit game. But they found something in that power play that just ignited them. They, 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 were, they were moving the puck. They were crisp. They got a lot of shots. I don't know how many shots they got in the final four minutes, but it was, I think, as many or more than they had the entire game. And they carried it over to Sunday, I thought, and played a, a pretty solid, if not spectacular, game uh, against the Islanders, a team that they probably should and did beat. So now, I don't know. It, 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 it's funny how these things can turn and they got to keep it going, obviously. But I think they finished this. What was this eleven game odyssey? Eleven uh, games in eleven cities. One of those yeah, at home, were but five yeah. and six overall, I believe. Mm-hmm. But they were three and six before this weekend. So right, right. And, so and two now, big wins. Yeah, and now they have something like seven of their next nine games at home. Mm. I mean, their road trips here on out are one game to Washington, mm-hmm. back home, play a few games. One game to Dallas, back home, play five more games. One game to Florida, home, play against the Blue Jackets, and then back-to-back in Columbus and the Islanders to finish the season. That's all they have left on the road, five road games left, Mm. which means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve home games. So 17 games left, 12 home games, five road games, 11 of the next 13 at home. Yeah, that that's almost too many. But I will say yes. this, and not not that Detroit or the Islanders are going to win the Stanley Cup this year because they're not. And I think the Bolts have too often sort of not played well against the better teams, right? Um, whether it's Florida or Carolina or the Rangers, although that was a close game they played them the last time. But um, they they tend to – like what you'd like to see them is when Carolina comes in here again – you like to see them win some of the games against some of the better teams right now, but they were they were scuffling, man. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And they needed their big big players to you know to play big again, and I think they did that. There's still some chinks in their game. I mean, they're still taking way too many penalties, in 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 my opinion, anyway. Yes. Um, but they came back to life, and it was it's funny how 
you know, losing one to nothing to Detroit, who took the lead with about four minutes or so to go in that game, and um, Elliott had played great, and and you know they they had some you know some good looks and 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 didn't you know didn't finish some some chances, but there was just this resolve. Like if you were watching, you could just see them sort of. They got a power play, and you could just see them go. Not here. We're not losing. We are not losing to these guys right now. Uh, and they they found a way to tie it. Stamkos tied it, and then Point wins it in overtime. I think on a on a rebound shot, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that that we might look back if they we'll see how they do the rest of the, uh, of the year with all those home games. But we might look back at that moment in Detroit as sort of a turning point. It certainly got them out of the funk, and now they won two in a row, and they it feels like the lightning again. Steven Stamkos after the Boston loss, which was their sixth loss in eight games. They ask him, you know, what do you have to do? And he mm-hmm. had two words. Be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what they said in the room. Mm-hmm. Thought they did a lot of things better against the Red Wings, but they, they've been scuffling to score goals. I mean, the the goal droughts for some of the players have been incredible. You know, yeah. Kucherov's not scoring. Stamkos yeah. isn't scoring. I mean, you just go down the list. They're not scoring a lot, so you kind of go down the list of, you know, who's not scoring. But And Cooper was asked, you know, have they lost their swag? He's like, you don't lose swag, you know. But, but confidence is fickle. Yeah, and and they just didn't have it, and and they did better things against Detroit, but they weren't scoring. And right. once they went down one nothing late, it was almost like they said, you know, they kind of I don't you know maybe they didn't say anything. Maybe it was just kind of a look or the. There's mm-hmm. no way we're losing this game. We're not losing and, and these it, guys. It became even more effort. I don't want to say they weren't putting effort in because that's not what I'm saying, but it was like, you know, now you were extra motivated or pushed or. Resolve. You know, Their resolve became yeah. bigger. That, that that's probably the better word for it. Their resolve became bigger and said, "We're we're not going down like this. We're going to mm-hmm. tie this game and mm-hmm. figure out a way to win." And they did. And they came out and, Sunday and looked even better. And this is they, all without Ryan McDonough, who's out indefinitely yeah, with an upper body injury. That's that's a big loss. I mean, that's that's something to watch, right? But you know, and, and secondary scoring when you get it is a great thing because you need it, right? And they've got some new players, obviously, that are going to add to that, hopefully, um, as they get more integrated. And I thought those guys have looked good. But you still need your best players to be your best players, you know? Um, Kucherov still needs to score, right? Um, but he's out there making some plays. Stamkos, obviously, point. I mean, you know, Sergachev had a, Sergachev had a great game against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was everywhere. Um, I thought he played really well. So... You know, you, you, you just got to get some momentum. I mean, I I think seasons, games have momentum, obviously. I think it was the 15th time on Sunday when they were playing the Islanders, they fell behind one to nothing in a game. Like, that's a lot, right, to be, mm-hmm. you know, starting a game down one goal. And it didn't phase them, obviously. And, and, and if nothing else, just by practice, their penalty kill is exceptional because, <laughs> um, you know, they're five on four all the time, right? But – so they've handled that pretty well. And their power play now is starting to come back to life. You know, they're starting to starting to score on a power play again, which is good to see. And sometimes that's just what you need. You just need those guys to be on the ice, number one, and, and two, have some results when they are, you know. And so to see Stamkos and, and Point and, you know, some of the scoring they're getting uh, from some of the frontline guys is good again. But, yeah, we may look back at it and say, yeah, you know what, it was that period, and Dave Michigan called it. You know, and and you could hear it like in his. They finally the lightning looked like the lightning again, and 
sometimes you just have to be reminded of, oh yeah, this is this is how we're supposed to play. This is how it looks. This is the execution. Execution, I think, is a word that was better. You know, they were better moving the puck and 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 just you know executing um, things that they hadn't been doing before. So um, it was a big weekend for them, man. I I I was worried. You know, you, you get worried about a team that's not playing well, and you, you're watching the games click down. Now let's see if they can con- continue this on at home. You mentioned they got a lot of games coming up at home, but they have some pretty good teams they're playing here as well. Yeah, Carolina, first of all, who beat yeah. them. You know, they lost 3-2 to two up there last mm-hmm. Tuesday, so that's Tuesday night. Then you get Chicago and Montreal over the weekend back-to-back. The next week you got Toronto, Washington, Boston, mm. all three playoff teams. Uh, Boston and Toronto, you're battling for second and third place in the division right now. Florida's yeah. a couple of points ahead of everybody. Toronto, yeah. Boston, and the Lightning are all within a point of each other. Uh, then you get Buffalo, Dallas, Anaheim, Winnipeg. So it gets a little easier down the street. You do have Toronto again later. Mm-hmm. You have Florida at their place near the end of the month. Uh, but you got a couple against the Blue Jackets. You got a, the Islanders again. So schedule's manageable. And then, like I said, 12 out of 17 at home. Maybe a few yeah. too many at home. You might like another road game or two in there, but better than yeah. the 11 games in 11 cities that they've done in the last two and a half weeks or three weeks. Yeah, it was brutal. It, it was a long stretch of these guys being on the road, and that, that can chew you up too. So I'm sure it'll be good for them to get home. The weather's nice down here. It's been cold other places around around the country. Uh, I had a brother-in-law come from Chicago. I think he got up, it was like 28 degrees and they had had snow earlier and and then he got down here it was like 77 so it's a world of difference um when you're going in on the cold like that but good for them good good uh, you know i'm sure there's probably a lot of lightning fans breathing a little bit easier right now including some of their players and and sometimes like you said confidence in sports is fleeting um you have to have it that's what sports is it doesn't matter what you're playing um it's about confidence and and you know you need some success and you build on it. And that, that's really, that's really all there is to it. It was a busy weekend in sports. There's a lot of things going on since we last were together uh, for Friday's podcast and, you know, just locally and nationally, really. How about this? How about no more Outback Bowl? I was, I was, I was, where was I at? I forget. And all of a sudden the alert popped up on my phone. I was like, no more Outback Bowl. I said, what? You know, first you're thinking they canceled. The, there's no way they canceled the game. That's what I thought. You yeah. know, and then, but then you read, it's like, you know, Outback is no longer going to be the sponsor in, what, 30 years or something like that? I mean, it's a, by far the longest, longest running sponsorship mm-hmm. of a bowl game, and title sponsorship, that is. By far the long. I mean, they always every year during the Outback Bowl, they tell you that. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of shocking. The Tampa Bay Bowl. Now, I wish they would have brought back the Hall of Fame Bowl. Yeah, that was the good, that was the name, right? Mm-hmm. The old mm-hmm. Hall of Fame Bowl was yeah. what it was before the Outback. Well, Jimmy did it again. <laughs> yes, if you he think did. About it, came up with the the perfect name, mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Bowl. The good thing is they still have the same um, conference affiliations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their contracts with from, the Big Ten and the SEC are still yeah. there. So, and but look, by the time the bowl game rolls around on January first, they may have a new title sponsor. They could. Yep. It could be the Tampa Bay Bowl presented by somebody, or it could just be changed to whatever name. name. You know. Yeah. Well, they. They definitely had a nice run. I mean, that yeah, and the great thing about the Outback Bowl, you said this before we came on, uh, it there goes the press box food. Let's just be honest. There's always blooming onions and steaks and oh, 
The you'd, best. You'd be amazed how many people all of a sudden that never cover anything all year were out. <laughs> covering oh, no, the, I wouldn't. Covering the Outback Bowl on New Year's Day. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. We have a well-deserved scribes and, and uh, the print the print folks especially, and then I guess some TV and radio as well, but we, we have a well-deserved reputation of, of showing up for the good food, um, which is why I think the Bucks games are so well attended. I'll uh, say yes, this about – about the Bucks, man. They, you know, I obviously I've done this for a minute and been to all the stadiums and and all that. There are some that would not surprise you that are notoriously cheap, right? And the food is god awful. Like if you get hot dogs in a bun, you consider yourself it's a good day at some of these places. And you would, and like I said, let's go ahead and name them: the Washington Commanders, uh, Daniel Snyder, awful, right? Um, I mean, and then on the other end of the spectrum, and this wouldn't surprise you either. I mean, you have the Bucks, who I think is still number one. I mean, I mean, if you're going to make Bananas Foster at halftime, come on now, mm-hmm. come on, folks. Real Bananas Foster at halftime with ice cream and oh, the omelets in the morning before the game. Fantastic. Omelets in the morning, the, always a slicing station, mm-hmm. always. Oh yes, no matter what you know time of year it is, you're going to have somebody there's going to be slicing something for you, fresh off a bone of some kind whether it's beef or pork or ham or turkey or whatever it is. Um, so you have hot meal, you have hot vegetables, you have hot this and that. And then on top of that, you have Cuban sandwiches. They have pretzels. I mean, I, if I gave you the menu that they – I mean, you could pack on a good 25 pounds during the season if you wanted to, mm-hmm. just going back and getting – and plus all the soft drinks and, and water and stuff that you can desire. So the Bucks spare no expense. They are phenomenal in taking care of, uh, of media and others that are up there in the, in the press box. The Dallas Cowboys do a good job, really good job. And that, that doesn't shock you. I really believe we're going to have Thanksgiving, you know, all the Thanksgiving games, and it kind of stems from that. But very similar to the Bucks in that they have a veritable smorgasbord uh, of, uh, of food. But there are those out there that are just mm, lacking big time, really are. And, uh, and it gets worse all the time. But not, not the Outback Bowl. So they're going to have to, you know, maybe – a. Maybe another restaurant chain would like to jump in there and uh, and sponsor him. But let's get Burns in there. Come on, let's let's go let's shoot big. Let's get Burns to sponsor it. Burns the Burns Bowl. There you go, Tampa Bay Burns Bowl. Burns Steakhouse, Steakhouse of the Stars. By the way, have you tried to get a restaurant reservation anywhere lately? Uh, Virtually impossible these days. Really? Yeah, it's it's really funny. It's like Tampa has become. Now I'm talking about you know. Sort of like because you know all the steak you just name one all the steak yeah. places, but whether you're talking about Capital Grill or Burns or um, you know some of the some of the local Flemings uh, or Ruth's Chris or those kind yeah, of yeah well, well even yeah like even some of the Tampa well known Tampa mm-hmm. restaurants um, used to be you could call day of no problem right mm-hmm. now boy it's tough it's getting tougher out there it, there's. There's a lot of people moving down here. Now, this time of year, it's spring break, so yeah, I can appreciate well, that. Too, that. Yeah. That's another another angle to it. But I don't have to worry about reservations. I mean, my kids are uh, connoisseurs. They'll eat chicken nuggets at an Italian <laughs> restaurant. They'll eat go, chicken yeah. nuggets at a uh, Chinese yeah. restaurant. They'll eat chicken nuggets anywhere. So, you know. <laughs> well, that helps. That'll change, I assure you. But um, And I typically, I mean, we go out sometimes as a family, but just like for my wife. But, yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it just shows the – the community growing up and getting more populated that, that you have to think in advance to make these reservations and stuff. But 
Yeah, so Jim McVay is going to have to uh, find another title sponsor if he chooses, and you know, but we'll still have the same great matchup, and every and it's still going to be a New Year's Day game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think, think anything t- else changes; just the name. Yeah, just the name. So he'll do it again. He'll come up with a matchup. He does it every year. What else we got going on? So the Bucks over the weekend, uh, not a lot of news per se. I'll tell you what was, I'll tell you what was interesting, was. You know, Drew Rosenhaus represents Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill was in Miami doing his press conference. Of course, he signed with the Dolphins for about a gazillion dollars. And Rosenhaus was asked about Gronkowski. He said, you know, we just talked to Tampa the other day. And he said he said that Gronk, I'm not quoting him directly, but he said, you know, that, that Gronkowski, that he's undecided. He says he's really, didn't really say struggling with it, but he's, he's really trying to decide still whether or not to play, not whether or not to play with Tom, but just whether or not to play football again. And if you think about it, it's like, you know, Tom's been signed now for a little bit. And they brought back a lot of free agents. And not that, like, this is one thing I, I think, I think, as Peter King would say, I don't think Rob Gronkowski, if he plays, is going to play anywhere else, okay? Um, he's never played with another quarterback besides Tom Brady. I know he has made noise or looked at the Buffalo Bills because he's close to his hometown up there in New York, upstate New York. And I know that he said some really nice things about Joe Burrow. But I think if he wanted to play, it's going to be awfully hard for him to tell Tommy that he's going somewhere else, right? He's not, he's not going to cheat on him. So I think if he does play, you know, it's like that old T-Mobile commercial. It's like, Ma, where's my football pants? But he hasn't asked for them yet. And the fact that we are, you know, here at the end of March, um, and and the Bucks and everybody else now will have to pivot. We got the NFL owners meetings are going on this week, starting today in West Palm Beach, and the teams will start to pivot now to away from free agency towards the draft. So you kind of want to know like who's in, who's out, like how big of a need is tight end because OJ Howard is in Buffalo, and. You got Cam Brait back, but he's not an inline blocker. He's not that guy's going to play every down. He's a, he's a receiver essentially. So mm, if Rob's not coming back, tight end becomes a big need position all of a sudden. And and I mean it it, it figures that you would uh, try to address it anyway, simply because you moved on from Howard and you know Gronkowski isn't going to play forever. Let, let me ask you this. Plays. Let me ask you this about Gronk because granted, you know. If if Tom Brady was truly retired for the forty days mm-hmm. and had planned to retire, then it's probably in Gronk's head, I'm done. Yes. So now it's you know, and yeah, there was talk of Buffalo or others, but he was probably done. Yep. Never played for another quarterback besides Brady. Sure, there's Joe Burrow in Cincinnati who he said he loved, and there's Buffalo with Josh Allen who would that'd be another good fit. But he was probably in his head done. So now Brady comes back and it's like, well, do I want to unretire again? In, in his mind, I mean, he hadn't officially retired or even announced yeah. it, but or the other side of this is, and you know, Drew Rosenhaus is an agent, so he's going to do whatever it is to protect his client or his client, represent yeah. his client. You're Gronk. You're not under contract. You're not going to play with anyone but Tom Brady. The Bucks want you back. Tom wants you back. Why sign now and go through OTAs? Go through minicamp. I, I mean. Well, you know, I mean, we know that and he told us that when he did his COVID workouts, he did it one day and changed shirts five times to send the video into the coaches. I'm not saying, you know, I, I mean, 
you know, could it just be that it's just, you know, hey, I, 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 there's no rush to sign. And maybe he's told the Bucks I plan on coming back. Who knows? I, and this, you know, I know nothing. Maybe it's me just spitballing. Maybe it's left field. But if you're Gronk. Well, I, I would agree with you with this. I don't think there's, like for him personally, there's no clock that he has to, mm-hmm. you know, adhere to. I mean, it'd be hard. Aside from the fact the Bucks need money for his contract, which he's, he played for $9 million, then he played for $8 million, so you know, you're somewhere in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the fact they'd have to create cap room, which we know they can create cap room for anybody that they want, I think you know, he's a free agent, so if he's not going to sign someplace else, other teams may want to know before the draft. But it's not as if, even if the Bucks took a tight end, and like, let's say he goes all the way through the draft and the Bucks take a tight end number one overall, that's not going to stop him from getting Rob Gronkowski if he wants to play and Tom wants him back. You know, that, that, that player will, will fit in where he can get in, but it's not going to be something that you're going to tell Gronkowski, well, we're good here. So he has the, he has the advantage of time. The OTAs, they, all the, you know, last year especially, Tom Brady never would go to OTAs, but. Mm-hmm. Um, or even mini camps. I mean, all either. that stuff. I mean, it didn't, OTAs may have been a bad example, but. Yeah, he doesn't think they're necessary, mm-hmm. you know. There's two days of mandatory mini camp. I think Gronk would be okay with that. That's at, that's later in June. That's like middle of June. That's the last thing you do before you split for the off season, so to speak. And then you come back, it's training camp. So there's not a rush. Here's what I heard, and I, I don't know if it's true because I don't know how good the source is. That's why I would never write it at the time. But I'd heard that when the season was over, you know, Tom Tom hugging up pretty quick. I mean, within, you know, five, six, seven days, something like that. Um, and so what I heard was it would be about three weeks and that Gronk was going to announce he was retired. What, why the three weeks? I'm not exactly sure. I think it would have taken them, I don't know, close to the start of uh, free agency. So it would be nice for him to tell them, hey, I'm, I'm through. And then Tom came back. And if, if Gronk's intention was to retire and then Tom came back, you could see him going, hmm, well, let me just think about this for a while. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not committing one way or the other, but sort of like I still got to do what's best for me. And I thought it would have been really easy. If Tom was out, I was out. We're both going in the Hall of Fame together in five years. I mean, that, that's appealing too, right? I mean, Gronk and Tommy together in Canton. Could do the Tommy and Gronky show there. Yeah, exactly. With flamingos, the whole thing. I do. I mean, they should just combine their speeches. You get seven minutes. The two of you get fourteen. Go up there on stage, and do it together. That would have been great. But then all of a sudden, you know, Tom changes course, and it probably surprised Gronkowski. To be honest with you, I mean, they're good friends, so maybe he knew. You know, Tom was sending. Well, he probably got a know, heads up ahead of time, but yeah, but but not, I, but, not three but I don't think ahead. he would have I mean, known way before anybody else. So it's still something like the rest of us to digest, right? But if you're, and the other, the final thing is this: Rob Gronkowski quit this game in part. I think New England and the and the you know sort of the the fun was gone, if you will, along with Brady. But the biggest thing is go Google, and you can do this: Rob Gronkowski injuries and or Rob Gronkowski surgeries. There's like eighteen or nineteen of them, and they're serious and. You know what? The first year he got through it. I don't know how he played every game. Uh, wasn't in the best of shape, but he got through it. Last year, man, it was rough. 
I mean, he missed seven games or parts of seven games or all of seven. Uh, I think he played six snaps against New Orleans. When he cracked those ribs, partially punctured lung, uh, three fractures, one cracked rib, that, I watched him come back from that. That was not fun. He could not move. He, he was locked up. And his, his, you know, his, he's had back trouble in the, in the past. Um, I was stunned. I really was. I was stunned that when he came back, he played as well as he did. And he played big. Like, he had that game in, in Indianapolis. He was huge. Several games there. He kind of carried them. Um, and so he was good down the stretch, and he got through the season. But he paid a price again. And at some point, you know, your, your body, I mean, you know, kind of like you look at the Ali Marpet situation. He was 38 years old. He retired. And he was like, or 28 years old. He was 38. We'd understand. He was 28 years old. He retired. And he was like, what? And Ali just said it. He goes, I want to live a healthy life. I'm, I'm tired of feeling bad. I want to, I want to live a healthy, healthy lifestyle. At some point, that's, that's what Rob's going to say. You know, you don't want to just quit football and then you can't do anything because you're so beat up. Um, you know, that the rest of your life you look like a 60-year-old man. So I'm sure he's got a lot on his mind right now. And I think, and I haven't talked to anybody, I don't know if this is the case, but why else hasn't he announced what he's doing one way or the other? It could only be because he's either undecided. You're right, there is no rush. The Bucks don't care when they tell him. Mm-hmm. They'll find a way to pay him. Um, but, he, but he probably needs to really think about it. You know, it, and he had said, I'm going to do what's best for me, whatever, regardless mm-hmm. of what Tom does, even before he knew Tom was first retiring and then unretiring, he said, I have to look at what's best for me, and it's not necessarily linked to what Tom does. Um, so, you know, that's that's the process he's going through. Now, you know, by the time you hear this podcast, you could look on TampaBay.com. We may have a story saying he's he's coming back or he's, you know, retired or whatever. I don't really know. But he retired once, you know, and he could do it again because he knows what that feels like. And he's left Tom Brady before. Um, so this won't be the first time and Tom will have to respect what it is, he, whatever he decides, but it also could be leverage too. Like whatever leverage, like I think the bucks fairly, you know, I think they know he didn't want to go to Buffalo necessarily or Cincinnati, but what leverage do you have? Well, the leverage you have is his agent saying, Hmm, not so sure if he mm-hmm. wants to play or not. Okay. How about 10 million? You know, like that could be the little bit of leverage that, uh, that the agent is exercising, but I think we'll know sooner than later. I don't. I don't think this is something that's going to drag on into the summer. Oh, well, that's good to know. Speaking of Hall of Fame, by the way, yeah. Did you see Peyton Manning's comments? <laughs> well, he wants he wants the bottle of wine back and, and, and the, the letter. He said it was a two page letter, letter he, he wrote him. <laughs> Those two. That's <laughs> Peyton's right. He deserves it. And anybody else that sent gifts, I wonder if Tom's sending them back right now. It's kind of like the wedding didn't happen, right? Well, I'm assuming that if you sent gifts the first time, you don't have to send the second time. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, just just copy and paste everything you said about him when he re- when he retired the first time. Here's here's what I was thinking about the other day. Okay, so Tom Brady plays the season. Let's say he wins the Super Bowl. Let's say he doesn't. Has it same sort of similar. Has a good year. Can still flip it. You know, four or five thousand yards passing, forty touchdowns, whatever. Right, and the season ends. If at any point within, I don't know, it doesn't matter whether it's three weeks or, or, or two months, when Tom Brady, after this year, next year, whatever, says, that's it, I'm really done now, I'm retired, is anybody going to believe him? No, not till the next season starts and he's not <laughs> right? in uniform. That's right. 
And then maybe maybe even a team loses their quarterback, you're going, you know, Brady might want to come in and play for these guys. No, oh, there'll be that rumors, of course. Yeah. I mean, he's still going so, to the Dolphins, right? I mean, this is all Dolph- ruse. He's not oh, going. He's go. not. He's not here in Tampa this year, right? That that's what I keep. That reading. Dolphin thing won't die, man. I've tried to kill it. We try not to write about it because I can't see giving it air. But yeah, if you missed it, there was a the color analyst in Boston. I think we might talk about this last week, saying that even though he's with the Bucks and he's unretired, he still is going to be traded to Miami, which is cuckoo because he recruited literally most of their free agents that they've signed to play with him. Is that the same analyst that said that uh, Brady and Arians didn't get along? No, that was a different guy. Um, This guy is, uh, and I could look his name up, but I don't want to. Uh, This guy is a Boston Bruins uh, radio or or color analyst or somebody on the, the, he's not done anything in the sport, but because a couple years ago he's credited with at least in Boston, I'd have to check my scorecard, but he's credited with saying that Brady was going to Tampa Bay before anyone else. So you know what they say about broken clocks, right? They're they're right twice a day too. Um, but they automatically said, "Well, he must know what is what he's talking about." He called it two years ago. Uh, there's just simply no like none of that makes any sense to me. Not the least of which is that Arians made it clear that he was not trading Brady if some team asked him. And yes, I think there have been teams that have asked and. You know, he said, then it was like, really? You wouldn't trade him? He said, well, five number ones. Well, no one's given him five number ones Miami yet. Miami so already got rid of all those to get Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, and they just hired a new head coach. And, you know, I do think there was some 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 truth. I don't know, I don't know how much, but I do think there was something to him maybe becoming a minority owner with the Dolphins, doing something with the Dolphins because – Obviously, their owner, uh, Stephen Ross, is Michigan's largest booster, and he's got relationships with some of the minority owners down there as well. And then there was uh, Sean Payton, who the Dolphins asked to interview, and he, they were declined by the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, Payton and, and Tom Brady have the same agent and Donald Gee. So there's, there's a lot of you know circumstantial evidence that there was something in addition to the fact that he has you know their new forever house getting built down there to the fact that he might go to Miami for, for some role, but not necessarily as a quarterback. Now, I think when, whatever plans he had, had hasn't materialized, at least down there, he's back playing. And I think, yes, he will play quarterback for the Bucks. But, yeah, that thing has been circulating around there for a while. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There was some other news um, in the NFL involving the former Bucks players. Ronald Jones. To the Chiefs. I like this signing by the Chiefs. I might be the only one, but I, I do like it in this sense. Though, you know, you think about Patrick Mahomes, and he throws it. I mean, they're going to throw the ball, right? They, they throw it all the time. And he's going to need somebody to block for him too. And that, that was Ronald Jones's the biggest knock on him, that why he couldn't play here is because he couldn't protect Tom Brady. He had too many misses, too many whiffs on, on blitz pickups and things like that. 
in addition to not being a very natural pass catcher, he struggles with his hands mightily and still will, I think, no matter how much he works on it. I think he'll still struggle in that area. But I like him with the Chiefs because they're that team. You know, Ronald Jones is Barry Bonds. He's a home run hitter. And if you can get on top of somebody, of course you say that about the Bucks too, but they like using Fournette. But if you can get on top of somebody and turn to Ronald Jones, or maybe even early in the game, he we've seen him go 99 yards. I mean, we've seen him do it, or 98 yards, whatever it was in Carolina a couple of years ago. He still had, He's still very explosive. And to get, you know, with the speed they lost with Tyreek Hill, but they're still a fast offense, to add another fast guy, right, Um of course, again, the key will be how do you get the ball in his hands? Are you advertising the fact you're going to turn and hand it to him when he's in the game? That sort of thing. But I like I th- I think Andy Reid will find a way to use him creatively, and I kind of like that for Ronald. You know, I kind of like that that pairing there. Yeah, I think it's a good signing, and he seems to be embracing it. He went to Go Kingdom and did some tomahawk yeah. chops at his press conference. So yeah, he's twenty twenty what twenty six years old. I think still a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, let's see, on Friday we had a chance to talk to some of the new players that they have uh, brought in. And I'll just say this. When you meet Logan Ryan or you see him in press conferences or you know, we'll be talking to him obviously throughout the year, especially when he plays, but even facially, it was eerie. So Logan Ryan's a guy that's been in this league 10 years, okay? Started with the Patriots, won, won two Super Bowls with them obviously. Uh, went to Tennessee. In fact, he was – the last pass that Tom Brady threw for the Patriots, he intercepted in a playoff game, and, and it was a pick six at, to end the game. Um, they were way ahead. Tennessee was at the time, or at least it was a safe lead. Um, and and then he, you know, then he went to the Giants uh, and was playing there. But Logan Ryan um, is not a coincidence. He'll remind you of Rondi Barber because Rondi Barber was his favorite player, and he hounded him until they be, they have become friends. And he essentially said, "Look, I." I pattern a lot of what I do after Ronnie Barber. My game is sort of this all-around game where I could play outside at corner, which he has done. Now he's moved to safety. He can play inside in, in sort of that, that box safety position or that slot corner position where he, can, he plays the run. He's physical enough to get big guys on the ground, and he blitzes. And he's got that rare combination. If you look at his numbers, I think he has like 15 sacks um, and uh, just a few more interceptions than that. So – his all-around game and, and, and his durability. He says that he kind of found out from Rondi, wanted to know, you know, what was the secret sauce of you once you became a starter, essentially never missing a football game. And for Rondé, it was, um, you know, just staying in shape all the time, being in the peak physical condition year-round. And for Logan, that's meant going out and running distance running. And, um, you know, he says he's a great pickleball player. He plays a lot of pickleball. Uh, so he, he's kept himself in great shape, and he's only missed five games in 10 seasons, which is not many for an NFL player to play 10 seasons, just miss five games. So he's managed to do that, but I'm telling you, it's eerie. He's a little, little taller than Rondé, I think, um, maybe a, a, little, a little less, uh, a little skinnier in some respects, I'm not really sure, but, um, but he will remind you of him when he plays, and especially when he talks. He has this sort of, uh, uh, you'll see, this swag about him, uh, that I think he also picked up from Barber. So that was a pretty good signing. And then they got uh, Boyer Bengals are rebuilding their offensive line. I guess the Bucks benefited from that. Fred Johnson comes here from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. former Gator, and then they re-signed Josh Wells. 
So the roster's starting to come together, and you're kind of see where they're fitting the pieces of you know after they lost Alex Kappa and yeah, and you know just trying to to fit all those pieces and Jordan Whitehead, Logan Ryan, right. So if you if you needed to play a game today, they could go. That's it. That that's the goal of the off season, right there. So you're not hostage to a position in the draft, and they won't be. Finally, we can wrap it up on this. I guess uh, the Rays did what I didn't think they needed to do, which was add another outfielder. They get Harold Ramirez, uh, who is a right-handed bat. They didn't well, need that. That's um, the key. They, that's what they needed was the right-handed bat. Now you've yeah. got to figure out how to make it work. That's right. I'm telling you, I'm still waiting for the headline. KK, not just on the DL or hurt all the time, which he's been, but are they going to carry that many outfielders? Are we going to, are we going to see Kiermaier again? And I, guess, I guess if they can't trade him, they will, right? You're going to see somebody gone from the outfield. I mean, whether right. it's Austin Meadows or Kevin Kiermeyer, I don't think you're going to see a Rosarena go. Um, Brett Phillips is right in that price point you want, so I don't think he'll be the one gone. Margot, I suppose you could deal Margot if you had to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, somebody. I mean, they're not all going to make the roster. I mean, roster is going to be 28 to start the season, but got to imagine it's going to be 15 pitchers for most teams. Not, you know, normally. The rosters now are 26. You have a max of 13 pitchers on the roster. Yeah. They're expanding it for the first month of the season to 28 because of the short spring training and the pitchers' arms aren't built up yet. But you've got to imagine most of those teams are going to go to 15 pitchers with that, the extra two spots, not add fielders. Yeah, I mean, they, they got some decisions to make in a short time, that's for sure. So we'll see uh, how they integrate all of that yeah. together. We're going to have Neil Solance on the show Wednesday, so he can answer some of these questions for us. There you go. And finally, we got the uh, Final Four is set. It's Duke against North Carolina, which is ironic because it could be Coach K's last game. North Carolina beat them in the ACC final. Uh, or no, the last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, I think they beat them. And then Kansas-Villanova, say goodbye to Cinderella, finally lost. St. Peter's Peacocks are out after making the first team that was a 15th seed to make it all the way to Elite Eight, they were a delight. But you look at this and you say, okay, well, Villanova's, you know, they were like a two seed. The other three are blue bloods. We're not surprised that's who's here. Somebody had a graphic, and I'm going to see if I can find it real quick here as we're talking. It was on, I saw it on social media today. St. Peter's, oh, here it is, now has as many trips to the men's Elite Eight as these Power Five teams. Tennessee, Minnesota, TCU, Miami, Virginia Tech, um, Vanderbilt, Iowa State, Clemson, Mississippi State, Washington State, Alabama, South Carolina, Rutgers, Georgia, and Penn State. Goodness. And they have more (laughs) Elite Eights, one, than these Power Five teams. Old Miss, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Texas A&M. I mean, what they did was was historic, and it was great. And uh, unfortunately, you know, they didn't make it to the Final Four. They get they got crushed by North Carolina, which was maybe inevitable that that was going to happen at some point. But those kids were so good; they played together so well. Mm-hmm. They did some things that I thought was interesting. Um, you know, their coach was great. He was like, well, "You think my kids are from New Jersey and New York? You think they're scared of anything?" They weren't. He did some things where he uh, – you don't see this much in college basketball. He subbed out the entire five, 
players. Like he had his starters out there for, you know, six, seven minutes, whatever. Here comes five new guys. And it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't, no. hey, I, I think you guys are stinking the place. Tulane used to do that in the early 90s. Um, yeah. Who was their coach? It was the green wave, and they would come in in a wave. And it was like, you know, yeah. five in, five out. Um, I loved it. I thought, and you know what? They they held their own. Like they, it, it didn't bot, it didn't like, they weren't as offensive. Like they, they lost some of their better offensive players. And, but the other guys came in, they pressed, they played hard. They held the line, you know, where they were, if they were up two, then they were down two. Or if they were up four, they, it was tied or whatever. But they got six, six minutes, five, six minutes or so. And they, more importantly, they gave their starters a total rest. But he had enough confidence to go mm-hmm. 10 deep in his bench. And I mean, even, you know, you might see Kansas, North Carolina play seven guys, you know, eight guys maybe um, on occasion. But to see five come in for the five starters was really, that was old school to me. That was kind of cool. I think it was Perry Clark was the coach's name. At Tulane, that Tulane Green Wave, and it yeah. came in waves. Yeah, that's if, if my memory's correct. Well, we've got you mentioned Neil Solons this week. Um, Tom Jones is going to step in uh, with you. What? I'm what? Yeah, I know. TJ's back. He's unretiring. Right? Well, no, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> He's subbing. maybe he is unretiring. He's I don't know. This He's is subbing. this is twice in uh, in a few weeks. I know he did uh, what like three shows uh, one week when he did come back, and mm-hmm. that excited everybody. Don't get too excited. Yeah, all of a sudden we started gonna... hearing him other other places too. After that, yeah. Although I don't think you'll hear him much more because I I kind of talked to him about that. I said now you you know just because you do one appearance, look, we're great show prep for all the shows as you know. I mean yes. that's that's really kind of our role. Yes, we are. So. But when you start taking our guests, it, you know, and so I think Tom started feeling himself a little bit and he did some, some other appearances and now I think he's going to dial it back because I've talked to him about it and um, don't want him giving that up uh, for free. So just give it to us for free. But he'll be, he'll be with you. I'm going to step aside. I'm not, uh, you guys don't need to know where I'm going, what I'm doing. I'm still here. Classified mission. It is a, it is a special mission uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over hoping that this podcast is still in one piece when I get back at some point next week. But I'm going to turn it over to you and Tom and Neil and all those guys. So same quality programming without me probably will improve the product, folks. And uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a breather. But um, but you can count on uh, the usual great standards that we, uh, that we keep here every Monday through Friday on Sports Day, Tampa Bay. So thanks for joining us. Steve will be back tomorrow for Steve Burstink. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.